town can't win. He got checked, the champ. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, 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 the card leave in the pool. Gate holes months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But the boost, it is 15, lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, Pinky, thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? Head stayed all closing time. This could be set up for something special. Cassidy has to pull the whip. That's outside the final furlong. High definition over on the far side from Alan Kerr. Lord North in between them. Down the outside is State of Rest. Inside the final 150 yards. High definition from Alan Kerr. State of Rest on the outside. Going to the line. Alan Kerr on the line. From high definition. Who ran a cracker on the inside of State of Rest. Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office review podcast. If you didn't pick it up. That was over in Ireland last night, Blanks, and that's where we head for the highest-rated horse this weekend. Yeah, the Irish core there, spilling a cup of coffee in his lap at the winning post, as is tradition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'll be um, that'll be a highest-rated horse for the the weekend. There, Alan Kerr beating a back in form high definition, and high definition is the sticking point handicapping wise because he had long promised to be even better than that, but um, he looked like he'd gone by the wayside and run a string of one oh six seven eight nines. Um, and then that looks like up, up and above 120 there chasing Alan Kerr, who's rated 123 and ran at least to it. Um, and the interesting horse for us, of course, is State of Rest running third and a little bit below his Ganae win, a little bit below his Cox Plate win, but still within the margin of error and another nice bit of um, global collateral form, if you like. Lord North, the joint winner, but winner of the Dubai Turf in, in fourth as well. So, um, yeah, nice bit of calibration there for the the international handicappers so um, i'm not sure state of rest was ideally suited by ryan moore being in bully mode on on high definition as i said he'd lost his way a bit high definition and i think they've decided there to light a firecracker under him last night and let him rip and, and push it along and make it a test from a long long way up um which is that's sort of right. That's what Ryan Moore does best. And when when if you go back a couple of years when he was at his absolute best, that's that's what he was doing. Um, and he's been doing it the last. I reckon after the Guineas Carnival, there was a there must have been a team meeting, and since then, um, they've been a lot more aggressive, and the results are coming their way. And they've I mean they didn't win last night with high definition, but as I said, they've um, they've managed to get him back on track after twelve months of of looking. To be honest, looking slow. Yeah, so Alan Kerr, the, the pick of the action over the weekend, and most of the action was in Ireland where we had the, the guineas as well. So we had Homeless Songs winning the, the thousand guineas last night and far and away the the pick of the fillies over there in, in Europe so far. Um, Manguestine and, and Cachet, the, the winners in France and England, are ways below that form. And I've got her running to 121, which is makes her a really good, really good thousand guineas winner. In fact, recent winners, way above typical and, and more like winter than then basically everything else. In fact, Winter's the only one I've got rated as good off the Irish guineas anyway. So she's really, really good. And I've actually got her running a pound better than I've got Native Trail running, winning on Saturday night. I don't think he had to be at his absolute best to to win the, the 2,000 guineas at the Curra, which was a, a thinner edition than the English edition. But um, I think the pace was strong there because the time is, is really fast. But he just got, as has been the case, I think, in all of his runs, he's just got better and better the further they went. So... I think he's really bred to be a miler, but he just looks 2,000 metres 
all over him to me, Native Trail, and I, th- I'm not sure where they'll go, but I would think a race like the Eclipse and, and taking on the older horses, he'll be he'll be really interesting. So, yeah, as I said, not necessarily. A, he was more like a typical Irish 2000 Guineas winner, not like a Churchill or a Kingman, but I think he'll be better again when he gets a, a real a real gallop. And well, I think he got a real gallop there, but maybe over 2000 meters. So, yeah, good weekend of racing, and that was certainly the pick of the action globally. Yeah, just edged clear from what we saw down here, just a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little bit, although I suppose it was Lombardo was probably the year <coughs> winning the Goodwood, and that was, you know, it's group one in, in name only, but it's um, it's a good race. Mm, that's where we had the biggest flop as well. Yeah. Oh, Segway. Segway, Extreme Warrior. Uh, post-race veterinary examination revealed that he is just slow. Oof, that's a bit... <laughs> He is. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got, got one bit of form. That's good. Yeah. And we don't even know if it's good. Well, it, it is something. It is something. Started, I mean, can the Stallion ad have started five to two in a Coolmore? I think it will. <laughs> I can Hanging or- on an SP. The fastest three-year-old son of Extreme Choice will be the ad because you can't say stay inside. He's the fastest, winning the slipper. So he's not the fastest, but he is the fastest three-year-old. Yeah, you've got to put the clever little filters on. You can. And he's better than Tiger of Malay. He's certainly better than Tiger of Malay. So that's his stallion. He's off to stud, which is always a bit disappointing when I don't think he's earned it, but supply and demand sends him off to start earlier than what many would expect. And, yeah, no excuses for him on the weekend. He was just poor. Yeah. Well, he clear, I mean, he clearly wasn't himself. I'll give him that much. So, you know, that's not his, that's not his real running. But, um, yeah, as you say, his, his real running is there's not a lot of evidence that he was better than a, a good group three horse. Um, and it would have been nice for him to continue to race and, and prove otherwise because there's still a chance. This is the thing. He has... He still hasn't had enough runs to say that he, you know, he's not still improving and learning on the job, and that there's not a lot more there. That was my big thing with stay inside. It's like he wins the slipper, so they're just desperate to get him to start. But he probably he probably can develop into a good horse if you if you let him you know, get a bit of seasoning and and learn his craft a little bit more. But not to be shame for race fans. The Colin Morikara Award which jockey flushed it this weekend, came up in the last at Flemington with Matt Cartwright, who is riding very well. Just had a look at his last six months. 257 rides, expected wins of 26, and he's ridden 28. And then with favourites, he's had 28 rides, expected wins of seven, and he's booted home 10, and he just flushed it on Zach DeBoss. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot to say about this form-wise. It was, a, it was the, you know, the raffle on the card, the low, the low rent raffle. Um, but, yeah, he got... He got all that you can get out of out of Zach DeBoss. This is the right sort of level for him. I don't think there's a lot in behind him that's probably up to anything better either. So um, I suppose what we're saying is this is when you're assessing Zach DeBoss going forward, this is the full Zach. This is the boss. Because, um, yeah, Matt Cartwright has given him a peach down the straight there. Perfect, perfect ride. And, yeah, nice stats and deserves a little hat tip. Good on him. I think the other one I was going to mention actually was um, over in Adelaide. Jake Toroke on See You in Heaven. Beaten on an odds-on favourite, but that's a really good ride. Mm. That's one of those ones. That'll go down in the book as, you know, negative P.O.T. and, oh, disaster. He, um, 
he just bumped into one there and and but he gave it a um gave it a really good steer so uh that, that's my honorable mention for the uh for the morikara award and the Taylor Penrith Award, the reverse flusher, which is, as we touched on Twitter last week, a bit harsh on Taylor because he actually is flushing it at the moment. Going but well. we've locked him in for a year and then we might have to reassess the Taylor Penrith Award. That's a nice idea. But no doubt who won it this week at Rose Hill. Dylan Gibbons, after getting it so right on Arapaho, uh, came out on the stable mate. Lady of Luxury, two races later, just left with way too much to do possibly slaughtered to instructions, but she jumped away well from the middle draw and then was eased back to settle last and just left with too much to do. So I don't want to be too harsh. I'm not sure if they were the instructions, but definitely had the opportunity to settle closely if they wanted to. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a pretty good summation. He's um he's probably riding to instructions. He's a he's a three kilo kid and it's yeah, it's harsh, but hey, we are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is a um that was a low pressure race and and she, by my measure of things, anyway, she should have won it. Mm. She was the best. She was the best mare on the day, but just set too much to do. So yeah, Lady of Luxury and something similar mm. can win next time for sure with a with a more efficient ride, and she'll surely get one. Be unlikely she'd um she'd run that unevenly again. Not two in a row, surely. Surely, surely. Get ready. It's time for around the grounds. You can start in Sydney, actually. Well. Getting the segues right today. Perfect segue again because um, the best speed figure, it, was a, um, it wasn't a hotly contested heat, I must say. There was, the good, there was a lot of low-pressure races. They were running a bit cute at Rose Hill on Saturday. Which is interesting on a wet track because it's usually the opposite. Mm, very true. Very true. Um, but the best figure just edges it is, is Arapahoe and becomes an even better figure. It becomes a really good figure if we, um, if we consider the, the closing splits as well. So the fact that he ran the time of the day, it's not 95 time figures, so it's not a huge time by any stretch, but the fact that he was able to run a 95 time figure and do it careering away, and I mean, everyone saw that, right? <laughs> that was a... Um, was that Zaki? Yeah, that was that was fairly obvious that that was a, a smart performance, and, and it was, I've got him running to 106. As I said, the, the sectional to me says that the margin flattered everyone behind him, and he's gone by eight. Yeah, wow. So he could have um, could have really gapped those. Uh, he was a, I mean, he was, I didn't do the, was he hard to find there? I suppose he's gone off 20s. Mm. It was one more so when they cross the line and he win like that and you go, oh, yeah, okay. It wasn't yeah. wasn't a shock. Because yeah. he's got old form. It's mm. every bit that good. In fact, he was a stakes winner in France. He'd, he ran second or third in a Prix de Chien, which is historically a really good race. So he's got plenty of form over 100 in France. Um, but he hadn't done it here yet. Mm. So there's, the, I mean, let's be honest, the more I look at it, that is a leap of faith, isn't it? But he's, once they cross the, once they get return to that form, out of nowhere, you just go, oh, of course, of yeah. course they bounce back to their form. But um, Well, imagine if that was his Australian debut. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wouldn't have been 20s if it was his Australian debut. Mm. Well, what price was he in his Australian debut? Six to one. Yeah. In a benchmark, six to one in a much better race. So, yeah, yeah. that was, um, that SP... Four preps down the line, that SP was uh, <laughs> it's probably bang on, probably even a touch of overs. But um, yeah, he obviously took some acclimatising. Mm. But he found his feet on Saturday, and as I said, it looks like a big spike in his form domestically. But I wouldn't treat that as a fluke at all. In fact, I think he could off that. My read of that is he can probably do better. So he's a he's a group horse masquerading as an off season seventy eight horse. Well done, Bjorn. But he didn't have anything on. 20s. <laughs> Got to do better than that. Where should we... Ro- oh, well, 
next we should we have no Brisbane. No Brisbane. A shortened around the grounds, but we'll um we'll go to Flemington and can you guess the time horse at Flemington? Pretty easy, I'm guessing. Star Patrol. Not as spectacular as he no. was on Anzac Day. Bit more tradesman like. It looked that way, but um we should have guessed when it was Moody's horse with Linda Meach up setting that pace and forcing that pace that things were going to be set up well. Mm. She's got it exactly right there, or pretty close to. Only trumped later on by Matt Cartwright on Zach DeBoss, but she's got it pretty right there and um, and set up a, a good overall time. The overall time actually looks a lot better than the form. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's a there's a little balancing act to be done there, I suppose, with um, Trey Porty, who was 25s there and had always been promising, but promising in the low 90s, and this looks like he's come back high 90s. Um, and if you really wanted to be cute with the time, you could say that he's even better than that. And Star Patrol's spiraling off into the you know into group races. But I think on on balance, it's it's probably not quite that good, and probably is a little dip on on the Anzac Day run, which I think is rated 112. And I was having a look, so I thought, gee, I better say something half interesting on this podcast. <laughs> um, Three year old sprinters, we got to get creative. And ditch Artorias and Animo from that group. Yeah. They're really milers. I mean, they they think Artorias is a sprinter, but I'm not having it. Although he's only rated 100 and he'd only be equal over sprint trips with um, with Star Patrol. But get rid of them and we can make him a top 10 sprinting three-year-old in the country. Obviously, you've got the big guns. Up. Home Affairs is your... Who? Home Affairs is your category leader. And then you've got the Mazu, Paul Lilly thing, yep. thing happening. Then you've got your one-off, your one-hit wonders, Extreme Warrior and In the Congo. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. They did it. Overpass. And then, so overpass, this is where we're getting into the horses that I think you know, try and put some context around how fast Star Patrol is and well, where, where does not he so fit? much is how fast, but where does he fit form-wise? He fits in here with your overpass Bruckner. Yeah. Bit of a forgotten horse. Second, you know, fast, high pressure. You can't fluke that. No. Can't cheat the clock, Bruckner. And he'd won the McNeil, which was fast as well, and he'd beaten Heresy. And at the time there was, oh, is that any good? Beaten Artorius there as well. Looks fine. And Kalos is a bit the same. Where's Kalos? Not sure. That once in a low pressure. It was a bit different. Yeah. he Bruckner looks real to me if we ever see him again. I don't know where he is. Kalos looks a bit... Um, General Bowe's advertising that form bravely enough. At a, yeah. And, I mean, we are only talking 112. Yeah. But that's where Star Patrol sits. So top 10 sprinting three-year-old, if we're cute with it. Yeah. But I think that's a, a fair statement. And of those, he's probably more promising than, well, certainly more promising than Extreme Warrior. Because <laughs> he's going to go to the races again. We'll get to see him again. The When he did what he did at Flemington, it was uh, what the hell was that? Mm. Have you got a better grasp now of what you think he is? That is a very good point. What he did on Saturday was add depth to his to his rating and confidence. So the more observations you get, the the more confident you are in, in your assessment. So, yeah, around that 112 from Anzac Day, we can be a lot more confident, even though I think he ran fractionally below that here. Do you know what's interesting is he's gone to McDonald zip six, zip from six. Mm. He's won three from three now. I was looking at his rating shift. He was rated 84 off a Doombin Maiden placing. That was the best effort he had. And even 84 at that point might have looked like it flattered him a bit. Still a maiden. And he's now rated 112. That's a 28-pound shift. This preparation, just a out of nowhere, complete regime change, if you like. Shelby 66 has changed from 89 to 115. 
That's only 26. A little bit of arithmetic there. You can add that up. That's 26. 84 to 112 is 28. So he's um, admittedly, he'd only had six runs and a, and a much more likely profile to spike. But it is interesting. It's been, um, yeah, one hell of a change for the, the new yard. There's something, something's clicked. And it's clicked in a big way. So, um, yeah, there you go. He's an interesting and exciting racehorse. Well, the word was he was an absolute psycho. Mm. Like they got rid of him because they were worried he was going to kill a track work rider. Yeah, right. So he's um, I mean, all the good ones are a little bit crazy, right? Got to be in all walks of life. Yeah. And now we go to Adelaide. Good meeting, actually. That was in Adelaide, and there was a string of of certainly form over a hundred, but time figures over a hundred as well. So um, we talked about before seeing Heaven getting a, a good ride in in defeat and just bumping into our Maximilius was twenty to one, um, but ran to one hundred and six. The time backed it up. As I said, well ridden. It was a fast, strongly run race. But um, what that does is it means I don't know that he certainly in the short term has any upside, Maximilius, and he probably goes away now, I would assume. Um, but it does mean that, you know, even though he was 20 to 1, I'd be very confident that he did run that 106. And because we haven't seen – because all those slipper trials and such were were so lowly, there's actually not many Colts rated better than him. So 20 to 1 winner over in Adelaide at the – the back half of the season is going to be one of the best, Ooh. best Colts of the year. He does have the. Um, I tell you what, he does have is the pedigree underneath him, Maximilius. He's um, he's from Black Caviar's family. He's, uh, yeah, he's all from there. So he's um. So he's off to stud then. And he, <laughs> and he is with the two Mix who are winning everything. Um, so yeah, well he's only just behind. I think Jackano would be the only stable mate better than him from that generation. And as I said, yeah, there's um, Best of Bordeaux and, and Dormieri, sort of two best Colts. It's not setting – I mean, and both of them off good runs, 111 I've got them, a bit better than that on timeform ratings. But, yeah, there's not a lot of depth there. No. So maybe um, maybe Maximilius is one that could um, bloom into the spring and it is a division ready for something to step in and sweep it all aside because there's, there's not a lot there. The interesting thing with Best of Bordeaux is – he gives a bit of Mamaragan feels where he sort of did so much in such a short period of time that you just assume he's going to be better when he comes back. But you can go full Mamaragan and just never come back. Yeah, nice obscure reference yeah. to Mamaragan. But he did, um, <laughs> he went full Stradivarius before the slipper as well. Had it out hanging. Yeah, swinging the bat around. Swinging the bat around. So, yeah, he's a, for me, he's probably the most interesting horse coming back. Yeah, well, he's the best. Perform his slipper run is the best run by a colt this season. Mm-hmm. So um and yeah, Dormier is the other one. I suppose Jackano has been useful, but yeah, I think Maximilius has gone really well there. So um, I'm rabbiting on about Maximilius, and I'm supposed to be giving you the fastest speed figure of the day at at Morfordville, and it wasn't Maximilius; it was his stable mate Lombardo. But only just so good was Maximilius's time, and the other time. I mean, I, I went bang on about Lombardo. Of course, he was quick. Um. Sustained speed and another really good ride, I should say. We should give him more time than that. I've got him running 115. He might be fractionally better than that in terms of sprinted. That's the exact same number that Shelby ran to win the Galaxy. Mm. So that's the level. That feels right, doesn't it? That sort of has. Although I believe he's more than Shelby. Yeah, okay. Jonko 116 when he won the Manicato. So we're at that level. There's a lot of – we bang on about the quality and the depth of our sprinters here, but geez, we're right for some new blood. Um, one sixteen was was Jonker, which is a sort of sim- September run. William Reed one sixteen, Snapdancer ran one sixteen to win the Sangster. So they're all hovering around that same same mark. But yeah, the Sangster winners run a pound better than the Goodwood winner. 
Ooh. That's interesting, isn't it? How often would that have happened? I'm guessing not. I don't know. I'm sure Very often. Should have looked it up. <laughs> Marabi's probably interesting. She won the Oakley. She broke 120 winning the Oakley Plates. That was that was a bit more like it, wasn't it? That was real. Mm. I was looking at it before. Bella Nipotina actually tight. She's ran in so many of those mm. races. and But she sort of shows the pecking order up as well because you can see that Nature Strip beats her by further than all these. You know, Shelby beats her by a similar amount to mm. et cetera, et cetera. Makes and you feel good though. Yeah, I mean, it all locks away pretty well. But what it does say is that some of these, a lot of these group ones, said are getting run, run and one around one hundred and fifteen, sixteen, and not one twenty five where I want them. But I suppose that's so. It's nothing it, new. It does say Elite Street would be Group One competitive. Yeah, well, we've got him bang. That's zero, where he is. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. Elite Street would have been in that up to his eyeballs. And in fact, I mean, when you look about, I'm talking about Marabi at 121, Mazu 122, Home Affairs is going to start after England. Um, and then there's Nature Strip who's got to slow down eventually. So there's not, um, yeah, I mean, Mazu and Marabi are this next wave. that, it, And I mean, I'm not looking at Snapdancer or Lombardo and thinking they're about to become anything the front of our sprinting ranks. Marabi mm. is probably one that, people won't believe till she does it at 12 as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're a fast 1,000 or 1,100-meter horse, that's okay. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> but you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of like she won't be thrown up as an Everest chance until she does. Oh, we're talking Everest, are we? Well, I mean, that's where they all, <laughs> that's where they all end up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Lombardo was that. And the other one I should mention is Belle Placier because she's another one who's got this um, – she's an ex-Kiwi filly and she was rated in the high 90s there and in the spring she was, you know, Flying under the radar in the high nineties, and even at the start of this prep, but then she's um, she broke a hundred a couple of weeks ago in the Queen of the South, and then she went bang and won the Lee Stakes and beat a very coolly ridden Cherry Tortoni. But she did run way faster than I would have expected and finished fast. So um, I'll say this for Belle Placier, she looks like a really good winner of the Lee Stakes, even though prior I wouldn't have thought she had that profile. So she's um. Look, she's a five-year-old mare. I'm, I don't think she's about to take the game by storm. But that was a um, it was a really good performance in the. As I said, a good winner of the Lee Stakes. So, did you back? Good Cherry? on her. No, no, I didn't. No, but um, poor old Cherry. <laughs> I mean, his problem isn't that he's been hitting the front too soon. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. <laughs> it's actually the opposite of that problem. And then we go over to. Uh, WA, and our fastest figure over there was one that was our fastest figure a few weeks ago. Did it again. Snipperucci. Fast horse. Fast horse. Do you have a um, – can you give us a spiel about Snipperucci or do we just move on? I think we just move on. It was uh, <laughs> off-season meeting in Perth. It was yeah. a few nights. I was a bit disappointed in a few of the horses that went around there on the weekend actually and looked to have no excuses as well, but Snipperucci certainly, when gets it right, is very fast. Staying in Perth this week for... That is just so exciting! Our Bruce McAvaney Award winner. Ran at Belmont on Wednesday. Simon Miller trained Charming Bell. She ran fifth, beaten four lengths, and then was put away for close to a year. And her two trials leading into this maiden were very good. And then the data certainly matched the visuals from her win on Wednesday. You can put her in your black book, Charming Bill. She will be winning more races. She was, wasn't was in the market on debut and then she came back and she was close to odds on there on Wednesday. And to do that, the sectionals were good. The time was good. 
she'll be yeah she'll be winning more races and in certainly in the right stable. So charming Bell, one to put in your black book this week. Lovely. Should give the black book a bit of a plug. You've I think they've nearly all won coming out of the black book in Europe. We had a um, stupidly I didn't get around to looking at Cologne last night in in Germany, but our black book won the German Guineas there, and and we'd thrown up. Homer Songs and Stone Age won their, their races in Ireland, so it's going all right. Need our next instalment. Mm. The problem is I get yeah, too many too many fast horses and I, don't, I get distracted and away from the um, – you get stuck back into the all-weather stuff. <laughs> Ballarat all-weather's up and going now as well. Mm. San- we sh- new segment, Sandstormers. Sandstormers. Yeah. We can make it happen. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll be back on Friday with – the X Factor, Nathan Exby, to preview a massive card. Ten races now at Eagle Farm on Saturday and can't wait. You're going to have to.